0: The elves had a method by which they were capable of reaching the undying lands. And in the Lord of the Rings cinematic trilogy, Peter Jackson never got around to telling you how they did it. But I will. Before I do, though, you should know that I watched The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power on Amazon the other day. Woke messaging aside, I am sad to report that they didn't spill the beans either, though I was hoping they might. In both productions, Elves were depicted en route to the Undying Lands. I would very much like to know how to get there, wouldn't you? You'd think something like that would be important. Loose lips sink ships, I guess. Just so we're clear, I do believe the Undying Lands of Middle-earth is the very hidden wilderness which we have been talking about. If you haven't been a part of the conversation regarding Uh, my research into the Millennial Kingdom of Messiah. I've probably written dozens of papers now and several books on the very notion that the Millennial Kingdom physically happened in our realm. And so here's what nobody seems willing to tell you. The world of J.R.R. Tolkien was flat. Who knew? You will also recall with C.S. Lewis in his Narnia series that Narnia is a flat earth realm. I wish I could time travel back to post-war Oxford so as to enroll in one of their classes, either one of theirs, on the happenstance that I might raise my hand after the lecture and ask them if water always found its level in Middle Earth or Narnia. Also, does the horizon always rise at eye level? Apparently, the lack of gravity wasn't an issue. Nor are there any accounts of people sailing off the edge that I know of. And believe it or not, I have just solved the riddle as to how one reaches the Undying Lands. One can do so, but only if they recognize the Earth is flat. Because the Undying Lands do not exist upon a globe, you see, knowing is half the battle. All indicators would have me conclude that you have to go beyond the pole to arrive there. Somebody is already writing the rebuttal to explain how I would pop out on the other side of the Earth if such an endeavor were attempted. This is undoubtedly where your globe Earth indoctrination will do its work. I will once again remind you that the wilderness is hidden from our maps. Even the AE projection map doesn't dare venture beyond what Mercator allowed for. Therefore, I am thinking you will need to unlearn what you have learned should one hope to locate its coordinates on an elven ship. At some point in Middle-earth history, Tolkien depicted a catastrophic event which had the world transformed from a flat to a spherical realm. Lame. It is that episode which has the island of Numenor sink into the sea if you know your lore. The Rings of Power appears to be leading up to that very event though I will be surprised if flat earth cosmology ever comes into the discussion. Still lame though on an exoteric level, Allah Hayyam did not create a flat motionless realm only to change his mind so as to prove the Kabbalah people right. On an esoteric level, however, it's brilliant and makes all the sense in the world. Keep reading. It says the undying land was removed from the circles of the world. mind could still be reached, but only upon the so-called straight road, a hidden route leaving Middle Earth's curvature through sky and space. So that is what NASA is doing with their rocket ships. The way they arch into the sky and land in the water again, just beyond the horizon, how adorable. They've taken the straight road. Brilliance, I tell you. The Wikipedia is kind enough to include an illustration detailing precisely how our controllers hide the land from us. As you can see, Amman exists on a flat earth map, but not on a globe. It takes the elves to land there via the straight road. Wink, wink. If you need this spilled out for you, 71% of the planet's surface is water, according to official estimates. Even going according to the standard AE Flat Earth map, the surface of water would be a much greater percentage than that, particularly in the Southern Hemisphere where NASA controls all international flight paths and direct flights are not allowed. They could be hiding all sorts of geographical locations given the extra padding. Wiki is a gift that just keeps on giving this time around because here is yet another diagram that is laid out for us with the simplicity of a lemonade stand. The immortal elves of Middle-earth living in bodies are generally presented with only two options. One is to die in battle. The other is to grow weary of the world and sail away to Valinor from the Grey Havens, as we have seen in the LOTR movies. Should they be separated from the body via death and battle, They are gathered as shades in the Halls of Mandos. Either way, the Hall of Mandos appears to be a geographical location within Valinor, the Blessed Realm. After brief respite in the Halls, the immortal elves are said to be re-embodied so as to be returned once more to their kin. I would think we're talking about Valinor by default, but it appears as though they can return to Middle-earth again, once receiving a new body. We even have a living example of how it works in the Lord of the Rings stories, practically speaking. Glorfindel is one such example of an elf who died in a battle with a balrog and then arrived at the halls of Mandos only to be deemed worthy of returning to Middle-earth again in both spirit and flesh. Very few know of his story, but he can be seen standing next to Elrond at the closure of Peter Jackson's Return of the King. Afterwards, Glorfindel sailed with Gandalf, Bilbo, Galadriel, and Frodo and company to the Undying Lands once and for all. It is with the final parting of the Elves via the Straight Road that gave way to the world of mortal men. Something you may have noticed with the Luminate Stand chart is that mortal men do not travel to the Blessed Realm after their death. Where they end up is anybody's guess. I suppose I need to take a phone call with a token expert on that one, though traveling beyond the circles of the world has all the appearances of being sectioned off to yet another portion of the greater realm. In any ways, the elves of Middle-earth just so happened to come across as the resurrected sainthood of the Millennial Kingdom. Some of us have been holding discussions on the comparisons as of late. On a purely exoteric level, elves take on the appearance of men in nearly every way. Except for the Spock ears, that is. Like I said, they are immortal beings, simultaneously maintaining both a spiritual and physical duality in the world they inhabit. By no coincidence do the elves see themselves as guardians of the realm. Their very existence promises to create a perimeter around the gushing tidewater of evil, particularly the long-promised return of Sauron and it seems as though many mortal men despise them for it. The men of Numenor have a particular disdain for the elves, but then so do the men of Gondor, not overlooking the large swath of men who preferred Sauron's rule in Mordor, as well as all of Middle-earth. I can barely think of a better allegory for what it must have been like for the Millennial Kingdom Saints, particularly towards the end when they sailed off from Mount Zion. That's gonna make no sense to you whatsoever if you haven't been following the conversation. The Rings of Power introduce a romance between a white mortal woman and a black immortal elf to keep it spicy. Representing diverse people groups as a method of appeasing woke sentiments is not my focus here, though it may be a case of cultural vandalism. That being said, what better way to showcase mankind's hatred of the elves than a white woman, a mortal white woman, dating a black guy and an immortal black one to boot. That's all I have today. I hope you all enjoyed it. I'm trying to keep these short, you know, anywhere from six to seven, 10 minutes maybe. I mean, sometimes I do have to go a little bit longer, but I'm recognizing that we all have lives to live. We have families to feed and meals to cook and houses to clean and not forgetting jobs to work do me a favor, like this video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And if you'd like to support the ministry, I have a Patreon link underneath. A simple $5 a month gives you full access to the TUC website, all my articles, all my PDF files. Shalom, everyone.